Richard Butler presents lifestyle, real estate, and investment opportunities the booming South Pacific. Opportunities south of the equator. Learn about the unique and voted happiest country in the world, the tax-friendly nation of Vanuatu. This is the Real Estate Opportunity and Lifestyles of the South Pacific podcast, a podcast about personal opportunity and financial prosperity. I'm Lance Hunt from Melanesian Waterfront Real Estate Limited and living in the South Pacific Paradise Island nation of Vanuatu. I have with me tonight online Richard Butler. He's in Sydney, Australia, and Richard was Trade Commissioner to Australia for the Republic of Vanuatu two times, a full six years altogether. He's a successful real estate developer with close to, no, more than 40 years experience. Hello, Richard. Are you there? Yes, I am, Lance, and uh, we normally do our podcasts in the morning, so it's a good evening tonight, and it's great to talk to you, and boy, have we got an action-packed half an hour to talk to people about what's been happening in Vanuatu and sort of bring them up to date. We've actually hit a milestone, as you and I both know, last Saturday morning, or last Saturday, the Vanuatu airports officially opened up the Bayerfield International Airport, and it actually has now been rebranded as Port Villa Airport. It was actually named after Bayerfield flight commander who uh, was there during World War II and he was shot down. They picked him up, brought him back. He got another plane, went out and, and was fighting uh, air battles with the Japanese and unfortunately ran out of petrol, ran out of diesel, ran out of whatever they put in those planes, uh, aviation fuel, and uh, crashed and was lost. So they named Bayerfield after him. But what an amazing job that the Airports Corporation has now done, extending the airport, uh, widening it, putting turning nodules on the end so it becomes what they call a Class E airport. E stands for emergency. And it basically means that any large international long-haul flight plane can now land on that airport, which they couldn't do before. We could only actually accept short-haul planes. So we've gone from Captain Bayerfield flying a small fighter plane to now the largest planes that can arrive in the world can, well, there are some even bigger ones, those massive great big Russian uh, carriers. I've got a funny feeling it might have landed there actually during uh, the cyclone. I know a big one came in at that point of time, but getting back on track, we now have this most magnificent tarmac open and now we can actually, and it has been officially recognised that we can accept flights coming in from southern China, Guangzhou, from Shanghai, from Beijing, from Seoul, Korea, from Hong Kong, from Singapore, also from Hawaii and from San Francisco and from Los Angeles, which is the Pacific Rim. And that is just going to make such an enormous difference to Vanuatu. People who have never heard of Vanuatu are now going to be hearing about it. They're really going to be hearing about it because the planes will be able to fly there and they'll be promoted. The nation will be promoted internationally and the tourism is expected to, to spike. And this is going to provide plenty of opportunities for investors. And the people who listen to our podcast, you would have heard me talking about this for years. When I first went there 10 years ago, Lance, as you know, they said they'll have it finished in two years. A friend of mine who went there 20 years ago, they promised they'd have it done in three years. So we've both been sitting there, all of us who have investors in Vanuatu have been waiting for this uh, infrastructure to be put in place. And I'm sure, Lance, you lived in Queensland, you, you know the difference when the International Airport in Brisbane opened up. Lance and I are both are not that far off in age, so we go back quite a few numbers of decades. But uh, when I first landed in Brisbane Airport in 1972, it was an old 
old uh, army shed, an old Air Force shed. It was a round shed that was there. It was very, very, uh, you know, backward. And to walk down the steps and there was no, none of these um, corridors that you could come through. It was very, very, and if it was raining and you get a tropical storm, you get flooded, you get, get which time you got inside the uh, terminal, you'd be wet and you'd be all running in. All the girls would be trying to put magazines over their heads so that it wouldn't get their hair ruined. And uh, But this is now changing in Vanuatu. The next thing that's going to happen there is they, now that they've got the tarmac open and we've got an, an upgraded older terminal, the new terminal, which is on the other side of the tarmac, is costing $100 million to build. And the Japanese government has actually put in 30-odd million dollars into that terminal towards the cost of constructing it. And the other great thing, of course, that I'd like to report to you all is that just last week, Virgin Airlines, which also flies into Vanuatu just a matter of three or four days ago, applied to the regulation body for having code share with Etihad Airlines into Vanuatu. Etihad, so, that's out of Dubai, isn't it? I think it's actually Abu Dhabi. Emirates is out of Dubai. Ah, and okay. Okay. Etihad is out, I think is out of Abu Dhabi, but they're both the Middle Eastern, well, the oil belt, basically. And I've been to both places and they're, they're quite amazing. Places and, with uh, plenty of investors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all those investors, too, are really, really interested in the South Pacific and in Pacific in uh, Vanuatu, mainly because it's an emerging nation. It's only another 12 months from the 4th of December, so it's less than 12 months now before 2020, where Vanuatu will emerge as, will be the first merge from the least developed nation list to emerging nation list, and that's going to change absolutely everything. And I mean, Lance, you've seen so many changes in the couple of years you've been there. You understand the importance of this airport because we've been talking about it week in, week out, for how many years. I can't remember. Some, some time. I was impressed with the aerial photographs that were released along with that story. We actually have that story on our allaboutvanuatu.com website, and I'll make sure that they're also uh, on the same page as this podcast. But just looking at those aerial photographs, which are quite spectacular, of the airport from various angles, the infrastructure that you can pick up around Port Vila that wasn't there when I came three years ago, and one of those shots you can see where the new terminal is going to go, more or less opposite the existing one on the other side of the airport there. And there's quite a lot of nice uh, territory going on up that slope as well. But yes, those be quite revealing in the things that you can see now that weren't there just three years ago when I came. Well, it was quite amazing that just the other night here in Sydney, they had an article on climate change. And look, I'm not going to get into the climate change argument. I'm only going to report what I've seen. And they showed a picture of Bondi Beach, which is amazingly famous worldwide. And they showed it uh, taken this week. They showed it taken 20, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and 100 years ago. And then they showed it going right the way back, picture that was taken where there was absolutely not even one house built on Bondi Beach. Beach. And the it was just amazing. And when I was, as soon as I saw it, I have to tell you, I thought to myself, well, this is exactly we are at this point of time. We are really at the very beginning of a new dawn and uh, developers will be galloping. Investors are going to start to gallop into Vanuatu because once you've got the transportation open, it's just like famous railway in America. They were kept pushing it out west from New York and uh, they'd push 100 kilometres or 50 kilometres or miles of 
track or 20 miles of track and then they'd stop and they'd build a small town and that would grow and be populated and they pushed that right the way across America. Well, that's exactly the same thing that's happening in the Pacific at the moment, that we're pushing new air routes into the South Pacific and Vanuatu, I've always called it the hub of the South Pacific. It basically stands up to scrutiny as possibly the best group of islands in the South Pacific, in my mind, to actually invest in and that's one of the reasons why I'm there. And I've had, I've been around the Polynesian world for a long time, originally coming from New Zealand. I went to school with Tongans and Samoans and, and Fiji and Fiji Indians, Cook Islanders. And so I really have a feel for the Polynesian lifestyle. And I enjoy it. And I enjoy the Polynesian people. They're very honest people with their feelings and they're very family orientated and they're very welcoming. They've always been very welcoming to me. And as you say, you give them a smile and you get a thousand smiles back. But I think tonight, the, the thing that I have to let people know is that we've also been approached by five, our company has been approached by five different companies in the last uh, two months, looking and wanting to invest in infrastructure developments in Vanuatu. Now, we're going to be talking, it's another week or two weeks, we're going to be talking about a lot about fractional real estate. But tonight, we're actually talking about the offer that we've put together on Malakula Farmlets which has been brought on by the opening of the airport and by corporations now saying, great, well, we'll be able to fly there now rather than having to go via Sydney or Melbourne or, or Brisbane or via Fiji. Our direct flights will just change everything absolutely overnight. I mean, we already know that in February, our crews, the lady who uh, looks after the training of the crews here, Vanuatu, has advised us via her husband that she's going taking two crews, or no, five crews, sorry, uh, to Switzerland to pick up the new plane, two of the new plane, one or two of the new planes, uh, which are going to be servicing these uh, the Pacific Rim countries and opening up flights into other than Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Auckland, they're going to include, so they say, and so how they informed us, they're going to do Christchurch, Canberra and Adelaide. And we're already noticing a difference in the accommodation in Vanuatu. As a matter of fact, one of the largest resort operators in Vanuatu said to me two weeks ago that November was the best forward bookings that they had had in 20 years of business in Vanuatu. Now, it's only just going to get better and better and better. And this obviously increases cash flow coming into the country. And if you team that along with the wharfs, as you know, we've got 82 new cruise ships coming in in the next 12 months from the upgrading of the infrastructure of the wharfs. So the cruise ships and the container ships are now coming through. The building materials are arriving on the container ships. So we have that one road project, which basically means that we can now export into southern China to the Pearl Delta, and we can bring down the steel and cement. And In fact, cement is coming down in containers out of China already, and so is steel, and also building materials of all sorts of nature. It's just a phenomenal opening up of uh, the Republic of Vanuatu. And this project that we've put together has just blossomed in the last two days with the Malakula project. We're now offering an opportunity for people to be able to buy 10 Malakula farmlets, one acre farmlets, which sell for 50,000 USD each, which is a total of 500,000. And we're including in that the development company to, as an encouragement, is including in that a vendor paid from the funds being paid for the farms, a vendor paid passport and 
citizenship for one person, which normally retails at 150,000 USD plus 10,000 for fees. So the person who's buying it is getting a $500,000 10 property purchase for our papaya farms, which is estimated to give a projected return of 10% per annum, 50,000 a year per annum, getting a passport and citizenship for himself. And also we're including one company set up actually in that purchase price as well. And uh, that basically means the investor who is coming in with this 500,000, we've got 10 packages for sale, which means we can raise 5 million USD. And those funds will be used to A, pay for the passport and citizenship, and B, they'll be used for the establishment of the infrastructure on Malakula farmlets of a two and a half to $3 million expense with an irrigation system that will actually be coming in along the front of the coastline and, and servicing five villages at the same time, and then coming up to the uh, plateau where the papaya planting will be and a series of dams, and also will provide a solar system there, both for the village and for the farm, and also for our res- new residential development that we've got in there, 16 lots on the waterfront side. And this is just going to make all the difference for the whole project. So I'm very excited about it. And as I said, since we've started advertising it, which has only been a short couple of days, we've had a corporation come in from Singapore, a very big corporation come in. I spent an hour with them uh, on the phone today with four or five of their directors. Uh, They're wishing to invest and channel their high worth clients into Vanuatu. They're very interested in the passport and citizenship. Nobody else that I know of, and I stand to be corrected, in the world is doing what we're doing and it's unique i'm wondering if it's unique because we're crazy i mean you think about it i don't know if you really stopped to consider this when we pile these bonuses on but packages of 10 farms and passport and citizenship and company set up on top that's actually 160,000 american dollars just thrown in bonus that's equivalent to a discount of 160,000 dollars i sort of hope that we can afford to do that and i don't know if you've thought about it but if you do it 10 times that's 1.6 million american dollars we're giving away why are we being so very generous richard well yeah good question and i've got some good answers for you. The first one is is on Sunday, I was actually visiting one of the largest privately owned real estate companies in Australia. And this chap's been around for 20, 30 years. And he's built, and as a matter of fact, he told me last week, he's actually sold 23,000 properties in just over 20 years. And he's privately owned. And he was talking to me about developer friend that was here in Australia that has an $80 million building. And there's been a bit of a turndown, as you probably know, in units Australia in the last uh, 24 months. Oh, yes. And uh, the developer said to him, look, I've got a product worth $80 million. If I have to spend $20 million to basically get my $80 million back, I'm going to do it. And he's actually paying an incentive to people to get them to purchase by actually providing them with the deposit so they can actually buy. And of course, what happened is they've had an enormous amount of success. I actually saw the figures on how many of these units they have sold and it's a substantial success for them. Now, secondly, there's an old saying in real estate as well, which you should always leave something in for the next fella. Now, that's mainly been lost, tremendously lost over when I first started 40 years ago. That was one of the first things I was told by my mentor that he said to me, you've got to leave something in for the next fella. If you don't leave something in for the next fella, you can't expect to be successful. Well, we ourselves are very lucky that the company bought the land in 2008. We got our development 
developments uh, approved in 2016. We've got our titles out and we have 100 titles sitting in there and we're now selling at 50,000 USD for the combined land purchase price and the development cost of the land. 35,000 for the land and 15,000 for the development cost of clearing the land, preparing the land and planting 400 red Hawaiian papaya trees, which can average anywhere between 40 pieces of fruit to 110 pieces of fruit per season, average it out at 80. We look to try and sell that at a dollar a kilo X farm gate. That means every tree could be worth $80. Multiply that by 400 trees, you've got 32,000 kilos. If you'd put that into dollars at a dollar a kilo, it's $32,000 gross. Uh, one third of that income is paid to the investor for because he owns the land, the fruit and the trees. One third is paid to our company because we are the share farmer and it's our job to sell the fruit. And the other one, and to try and get as much as we can for it as well, I might add. And the other one third is used to pay the wages of the people working on the farm. So by encouraging people to invest and providing a passport and citizenship, it, it means that people will buy these 10 packages. And there's only 10. We won't be selling any more than 10. We've put these 100 titles away. They're all, all the titles are out of the lands office. They're all ready to be transferred to the to purchases. Once that's gone, we'll go back to our traditional methods of marketing, but we would have raised 5 million USD. And like that developer said, I've got a project with $80 million. If I've got to spend $20 million to unleash the other $60 million of my profit, I'm going to do it. Well, the same with me or us. If we can provide exciting opportunity for an investor to not only relocate to Vanuatu, have 10 acres of farmland on individually titled lots, look towards a projected income of 10% per annum on his investment, have a bonus of $150,000 USD for the passport and fees of 10, 160, and also have a company to set up. There's a very, very good chance that person who's come in will also look at investing with us again. And you've got to remember along the way as well, we're getting a percentage of the profit from the return of the sale of the fruit for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years. So consequently, it's good management, it's good marketing. And as somebody once said to me in Singapore once when I was first started in real estate in the early 1980s, he said to me, Richard, it's all about the packaging. If you want to sell something, you've got to package it. So we've packaged this up. And of course, along the way, the most important thing is that we're also supplying a tremendous amount of work for the local Nivan, local native owners, people who live in and around the farm, the original custom owners that we bought the land from. It's going to provide work for them. It's going to provide better educational facilities. Remembering we're actually putting in a, our plan is to have 10 experimental lots and a satellite agricultural education centre there as well. So we're going to be helping with education. We're going to be helping with employment. We're all going to have a win-win situation. And that's really the reasons why we can do it. And if you break it down, it's working out to be roughly the 10, uh, the 150,000 is broken down by 10. It's costing us 15,000 a lot. So instead of getting 35,000 for the lot, we're getting 20 and we're put channeling that 20 back into the farm for the irrigation system so we make money long term. So I hope that gives you, avails uh, your concerns, Lance, with why we are doing this. Well, yes, thank you. It does a little. Also, I think that the offer of citizenship, you mentioned people wanting to move to Vanuatu and some of them may do that. But I think most people who want second citizenship want it more like insurance 
so that if something goes dreadfully wrong in their mother country, they've got a back door, so to speak, where they can get can go to... A to parallel life, lads. A parallel life. A parallel life. Yeah. Now, let's have a look at this for a second. Can you imagine, uh, basically, someone telling you two years ago that Hong Kong would have the problems that Hong Kong has today? They've mm-hmm. had something like 22, 23 weeks of disruption, and people are very, very concerned about Hong Kong. Now, just the other day, yesterday, as a matter of fact, here in Sydney, we've had these terrible fires down here and uh, it's affected the whole nation. In in yesterday morning, our airport was closed because we had that much fire smoke, planes couldn't taxi out. The ferries that crisscross Sydney Harbour, they were tied up at the dock, they couldn't go out. And even the people that were in the tube station, in the train stations, the smoke alarms went off and everybody had to be evacuated. And so this is the disruptive, this modern lifestyle that we're living is actually having on us. And then add things like Brexit or add things like the wall on Mexico, add things like the riots in Paris. These are things that are very disruptive to people's life. And people are looking for a a more safer environment to live in. And Vanuatu is the place for because uh, we're Deputy Prime Minister and the ministers of Vanuatu are welcoming all business people who are interested in having reinvesting into Vanuatu as a plan B. And they've actually said to me, Richard, you know, bring them to us and we will try and work with them as much as we possibly can. So the door is open, the airport is open, the container ships are landing, the cruise ships are coming in. What we need now is more hotels, more investment, agricultural development so we can export our agricultural produce back out by these new planes coming in, direct flights to China, direct flights to Los Angeles, or direct flights to Japan. We can send our papaya, a red flesh papaya, by these new airlines coming in. We can send them in the holds of the ships and we can export basically directly into these major markets like China with 1.4 billion people, America with 380 million. I think Japan's got 45 million. I'm not sure for sure. I don't know how much is in Korea. But all these people want our produce organic, fresh, a known uh, quality and quantity coming from these South Pacific islands and also, of course, being transported back by the One Road Project as well. So, Lance, I, that's it for tonight, I think, for me. I hope uh, this has been a interesting podcast, but we're very gung-ho, and the reason we're gung-ho, basically, is because of this new international airport opening up on Saturday, now known as Port Villa Airport, and opened up by the Prime Minister, the Minister of Infrastructure, and the head of the Australian, uh, bigger pardon, Vanuatu Airports Association. And just bigger and better things are on the horizon for Vanuatu without doubt. So if anybody's interested, please contact Lance or contact myself and we'll be happy to send you our um, pro forma on the project and we'd be happy to host you and look forward to uh, organising your new lifestyle in paradise as we go into this new decade of 2020. Can you believe it? Lance, it's almost 2020. Unbelievable, isn't it? Getting close. It is. I can remember when 2000, the, the year of the millennium, and I was in Brisbane and I got on the 1st of January, I got on the first flight from Brisbane to Sydney and they were all frightened it was going to fall out of the sky. So we've trans- right. <laughs> come a long way since then. What was it called? The X-something or other problem they had in those days? They were worried about the computers not being able to do 2000 on their screen. They would put that all fall out of the sky. How? how- 2K. Y2K, how unbelievably uh, was that scared? And, but anyway, look, looking forward to seeing everybody in Vanuatu in the very near future. So that's a wrap for our podcast. Thank you very much, Richard, and thank you, listeners. We look forward to being with you another time. But for now, this is the Real Estate Opportunity and Lifestyles of the South Pacific podcast signing out. <laughs>